Friends, I'm going to ask you to help me with some of these stories. Help me finish this sentence here. Eve ate the... Good. Noah built the... Two for two. Mary is the mother of... Great. Lazarus died and Jesus raised him up. There are certain stories in scripture that are so familiar to us that I think when we start to hear the reading, we sort of tune out a little bit, especially when it's 45 verses long. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> and and you, you honestly, too, I know the story of Lazarus. I know how it ends. And, you know, you start looking for deer and seeing what the rain's doing outside or making your grocery list on your slip, on your bulletin. It's really easy to do that, I know. But sometimes it's important to look at these stories with new eyes. And the thing is, the story of Lazarus is also so common that it's known by people who don't go to church, who are non-Christians. And this struck me one day when I was browsing in the store for some birthday cards. And I came on this one. Can you all read it? The guy's saying, I was dead, dead, I tell you, dead, and now I'm alive. And it's Lazarus trying to explain why he was so late in sending the birthday card. (laughs) And so here this card was amid all the other cards because people who don't go to church know this story. And it was kind of funny because I loved the card so much I bought every one they had. And then I would wait until it was somebody's birthday and send the card on that day so they'd get it late because I just thought it was hysterical. (laughs) Um, So... Lynn and I are in this sermon series where we asked all of you to give us some questions, things you'd like us to preach on. And uh, this, this Sunday, today, somebody asked about miracles. And there were two parts to this question. Do the, did the miracles in the Bible really happen? And do they happen today? So we're going to tackle the first one about did they happen in the Bible first. I had a New Testament professor who, when he talked about Jesus would say, yes, Jesus healed, Jesus prophesied, Jesus cast out demons, and lots of other signs as well, we know. And there were other people in those days who were traveling around doing those same things that were healing and prophesying and casting out demons. And the difference between them and Jesus, there were two differences. One is that they usually specialized. They only healed or they only prophesied, whereas Jesus did all of them. And Jesus did it really, really well. And that's what my New Testament professor would say. He was really good. He had a really good success rate compared to the others of his day. But I was looking for a definition of miracle to work with on this today because I sort of wanted to say, what is a miracle? How how can I say that miracles happened in the Bible? And I found this definition that I liked. A miracle is an unexplained event. That's part one. Part two is that unexplained event needed to bring somebody closer to God. That's what makes it a miracle. Otherwise, it's just an unexplained event. So let's see if we can apply some of those rules to this situation. Thomas and Martha and Mary, they didn't think that Jesus could help Lazarus after he died. They wanted him to come and heal Jesus. That was their focus. That's what they'd seen Jesus do. And so they wanted him to do it again. But notice what does Jesus do? He holds back. And he says, nope, nope, not going to go yet. The glory of God is going to be real, revealed in this situation. I'm not just going to have it be another unexplained event. 
I want it to be an event that brings people closer to God. But Thomas and Martha and Mary all didn't believe it was going to happen. They couldn't, they couldn't see that Jesus was doing something different. They were stuck in what they'd seen him before, logically, using their reason. No, he can heal. If he's too late, nothing's going to happen. I do that sometimes. I don't know if you do. I overthink things a lot. And I use my brain instead of my heart. And, and that gets in the way of my impression of what's going on. And sometimes I think it gets in the way of me seeing God in events that happen around me. So let's bring on our second question. Do miracles happen today? Do unexplained things happen today? Yes, a lot of things. But do we let our thoughts get in the way of them helping us to see Jesus, to see God in them? I know there are a lot of times where I will think critically first and only look to God for an explanation when all other possibilities have been exhausted. It's funny, this week I got an email from a really good friend of mine. And she emailed a group of us, her name's Martha, And the topic of her email was a prayer of thanks. And this is what she wrote. I wanted to ask all of you to say a prayer of thanks for Dave. That's her husband. He was in a single car accident last night on a rural road in Virginia. He is miraculously all right, with no outward signs of injury. He is obviously shaken, though. He's been struggling with a severe cough caused by allergy drainage, and he believes that he had a coughing fit, lost focus momentarily, sending his fast-moving car into the guardrail for 350 feet and then into a a culvert for about 1,000 yards. The car did not overturn, and Dave credits the safety features in the infinity and, of course, the Lord for saving him from great harm. He is still in Virginia working through Thursday. Please pray that he will have safe travels home. And I got her email as I'm thinking about miracles, and I couldn't believe it. She quoted, he is miraculously all right. She already knew it was a miracle that he made it out of this accident unscathed. And then his words that he credits the features of the car and the Lord. And I thought, that's it. We can, we can do both of these. We can dance with both of these. We can think logically, and we can also think spiritually. Another challenge that we have with miracles is that they don't always happen when we want them. They don't always happen when we pray for them. They don't always happen in the timing we want. The first time I attended our circle of prayer group that Diane talked about in her prayer we say the word, words, as always, we pray for miracles. And as we said those words, I thought, whoa, that's really bold of us to do. But I thought, you know, these are people's loved ones. These are the prayers that you all have submitted. I want to pray boldly. And then a few weeks ago, my own mother ended up on the prayer list. She's struggling with COPD and her breathing and her respiration so that she's limited as to what she can do. Her activities are limited. And I thought, you know, I want to pray that boldly for my mother, that she too will have a miracle and her breathing will get better. 
The other challenge I see is that sometimes we pray so boldly for a miracle and we're looking for the big miracle. We want it healed. We want it gone away. We want to get rid of it. And sometimes when we pray that, we miss the smaller miracles that happen. A friend of mine from seminary has challenged herself to write a poem every day of Lent, which to me is a miracle. I could never do that. Um, but she's, she's very gifted and very artistic, and that was her challenge to herself. And this week they lost her grandmother, who was very, they were very, very close, and she's been ill for a long time. And her poem this week is, and I'm going to read it to you, it's very short, it's called Enough. I asked God for a miracle. God didn't answer. But the sun came up this morning, and for want of better options, I've decided that will do. It's just this teeny tiny miracle that happened, the sun coming up every day, and that was what got her through her, her grief over her grandmother. I thought it was beautiful. And the funny thing about this passage with, with Lazarus, I know we, we wait for that resurrection at the end and we're, we're cheering Lazarus and Jesus on. We want it to happen. But there's actually a miracle that happens back in verse 35 that I think we all miss. It's known as the shortest scripture, uh, shortest verse of scripture in the Bible. It's three very small Greek words, and we translate it as Jesus wept. And the miracle here is that God, God sent God's self to earth to be a human of all things, to laugh with us, to talk with us, to eat with us, and to weep with us. What other God would do that? And it's that miracle that I want to hold on to every single morning as I wake up. When I am sad, I want to remember that God knows what that feels like. And when I'm happy and laughing, I want to remember that God knows what that feels like too. So in all these things, hanging on to those little miracles, when those big ones we're praying for don't happen, I think is the key to us moving forward. Amen.